0: If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine,
1: on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was was a bit of a, you know, a, a clown. Your show was better when you had medical questions. Hey! I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose.
0: I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out, and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic, echographic, and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen
1: Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed, and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease, so I'm paging.
0: Dr. Steve! It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner who gives me street cred with the weirdo, alternative medicine assholes. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. This is a show for people who have never listened to a medical show on the radio or the Internet. If you got a question, you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider. If you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347 347- 7664323. That's 347. Ooh, hey. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine or at DR Scott WM. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything here with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show. Without talking it over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, practical nurse, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist. That'd be you, Dr. Scott, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or whatever. Now listen, we've got an amazing show today, but first we've got to get the plugs in. Don't forget to go to stuff.drsteve.com. That's stuff.drsteve.com for all your Amazon shopping needs. Helps keep us on the air, to be perfectly frank. So please use that whenever you uh, need to shop online, and you can scroll down, and you can see all the different topics and products that we talk about here, including the... Uh, Rody uh, Instrument uh, Tuner. It's a robot. It's an actual robot that you hold in your hand, and it will tune your stringed instruments for it. It's amazing. Uh, check out uh, tweakedaudio.com. Offer code FLUID, F-L-U-I-D, for 33% off your purchase. The best earbuds for the price and the best customer service anywhere. If you want to lose weight with me, go to Noom noom.drsteve.com. It's not a diet. It's a psychology program. You will lose weight if you do the program. And if you go to noom.drsteve.com and um, sign up, you get two weeks free. And then if you decide that you're going to continue it, then uh, it's just a three-month program, and then you're done. And then you can keep the app and use it for all the things that you would use it for. Anyway, noom.drsteve.com. Check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. All right. You may have noticed uh, me putting on my best radio voice. That's because we <laughs> have uh, we have a true great in the studio today. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, late of the uh, Don Imus show and currently of the Rod Bartlett Comedy Hour, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Rob Bartlett.
1: Hello, Rob. Doctor Steve, how are you? That was—I was actually quite impressed with the voice. I was going to suggest you might want to think about uh, doing some... some voiceover work.
0: <laughs> no, I—you know—the problem. Well, I—I I would love to do that. I don't think I have the um, uh, the patience because. You know, I got offered a thing to read an audio book. It's like, I'm not reading this fucking book. <laughs> this is a, uh, and uh, so, yeah, I just um, I don't have I, I'm I'm better off being a doctor with a good radio voice than a radio person that has no ability to actually entertain anybody. In my uh-huh. opinion,
1: in my opinion. I, I, would, I would disagree. But, you know, <laughs> thank you.
0: Well, hey, let's. Uh, thanks for being here, man. We've talked about doing this for ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking at a picture of you and me, and uh, and then another picture of you and my family and and me uh. Uh, when we were in the studio. With, and I can't remember if it was Opie and Jim or if it was actually Opie and Anthony.
1: Do you? Re- um. I know Jim was in the studio. Yep. I don't remember if it was Opie and Anthony. It might have just been Opie, but yeah, I can't remember. It was Opie and Anthony. I, I I think it was Opie and Anthony. And I think it, it was Opie.
0: Oh, I, I think so too, because it was pretty long time ago, and yeah. um, at that time um, we were on the air at five in the morning on Mondays. Mm-hmm. And that was when I was amazed, Scott, this Rob Bartlett, who, listen, before there was Opie and Anthony, and before we could get Howard Stern, I listened to Don Imus every morning. And, you know, this guy's voices and the and the bits that they would do were legendary to us. And then I've got this guy sitting here who was a hero of mine. He said, oh, I know your show. You're Dr. Steve. And so you used to listen to us on the way <laughs> in to Imus in the morning on Monday. Yeah. Is that what it was? It was crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used to drive in and and listen to you guys. It was, it was great. I mean, it was so entertaining. I mean, oh wow. Thank you you don't have well, to you don't have to well, lie, but you know, it was five o'clock in the morning so <laughs> right. not, oh, yeah. I get it
0: but uh yeah, so that amazed me that well, first off, I never think anybody's listening, much less somebody that I actually admire so uh, that that was really cool, and I've been wanting to just have you on just so I could talk to you for an hour and have an excuse and you know <laughs> but anyway, uh yeah, so you're doing the Rob Bartlett comedy
1: hour. You, Radio, Rob Bartlett Radio Oh, Comedy. sorry, the Rob Bartlett Radio Hour. Yes. He, and, Radio it, Comedy just, Hang on now. The uh, Rob Bartlett Radio Comedy Hour. Got it. Okay. All right. Okay. Just, it, I mean, you, you're a doctor for crying out loud. <laughs> How so, hard is this? It's very difficult. And so the
0: Rob Bartlett Radio Comedy Hour, and this is sort right. of the 20, 2021 version of Firesign Theater sort of kind of thing, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: sort of, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it started out, it was, uh, we used to simulcast it on Facebook, Facebook Live, uh, it was a visual. I, I had this idea of combining Saturday Night Live with the old, like Jack Benny show, where the yeah. actors would stand in front of microphones holding scripts, you know, sure. um, and doing sketches. I had a whole troop of people, some really, really talented people, Megan Samard, uh, Steve Mecca, uh, Mandy Lee Thompson. um uh Alyssa Alter, Whitney, um oh. I can't remember her last name. No, she's great. Whitney too. Cummings. N- no. You know, I almost said Cummings. That so.
0: yeah, was Whitney oh. somebody or other. Oh
1: anyway. Anyway. Uh, Whitney Johnson. And um, I believe. Anyway. Um and uh, I you know co wrote it with uh with a guy, um, Andrew Smith, who used to be a head writer at S N L and a dear friend of mine. Oh, um, cool. And we would do this every week. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, we had a musical guest every week. and uh, But then we wound up having... Uh,
0: and you were doing this in an actual studio at ABC, right?
1: abc had it like a broadcast stage where they used to do live stuff on facebook live and with cameras and whatnot so every monday night they would let us use it That's uh, this clever. was after this was after i'd left abc after i miss in the morning went off the air mm-hmm. um and they, they they removed me from the air <laughs> um and uh, we did it for a couple of weeks and then they said we couldn't use this the video studio anymore so then we uh, we just used a radio studio one of the old radio studios and just did a I guess, uh, an audio podcast. Sure. Uh, sure. So we did it in the studio, but we had no live audience. That was the best part about doing it live on Facebook. We have had a live audience in the studio with us. Sure. So we got some reactions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we did it in the studio for a while, and then they gave us uh, an hour on Saturday nights to, to to do the show. And we used to do an edited version and then an uncensored version for the podcast. And then um, I guess another doctor who wanted, you know, to uh, or or something you know, my pillow guy or somebody wanted to buy an hour on Saturday. <laughs> and decided to buy hours, and so we were out. And so we were just doing it from the studio for the podcast. And then they said we couldn't use the studio anymore because there was an insurance problem or something like that. And uh, so now it's just me from my bedroom. So I'm doing all the voices, yeah, and effects and all that crap myself. No, awesome. I think
0: that's great though. But you know, it's it's not the same.
1: It um, isn't the same. It isn't the same. And and you know, as such i i actually got so tired i haven't done one now since december um uh, so i've been really really lax yeah. uh but now i think after this when we get a little bit of publicity I'll, I'll start up again actually i'm working on um something now it's a throwback to the old imus in the morning days back when we were on uh, nbc he had discovered through his urologist what he thought was a third testicle but was actually, I guess, a fat deposit or whatever it is. Okay. So, uh, but we named him Tres Huevos. And so I wrote this right. whole series, this right. whole series of this Zorro-like character named Tres Huevos. Sure, you know he had his own thing. Out of the night comes a frightening sight. It's the man known as Tres Huevos. Tres Huevos, one more than the average amount. Tres Huevos, two strikes and he'd have a full count.
2: <laughs> and so uh,
1: I'm I'm bringing that back, the legend of Tres Huevos. Oh, that's too great. Oh, I love that. Yes, it uh, means
0: three eggs, by the way, uh, Dr. Scott, if you're not fluent in Thanks. Espanol. Thank you for the And, gratis. Gratis. and um, yeah, so eggs being a euphemism for testicles. Because uh, tres testículos would not be a great character name. Well, you can't write a song about that either. No.
1: It, it, it is a, it is a,
0: uh-oh. Uh-oh. It, uh-oh. Is a,
1: it, is,
0: it is a musical. We're losing Rob. Uh-oh. There you are. There you go. Okay. It isn't
1: musical enough, Testicolos. Yeah, you know? right, right. No. 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 Um, How would you do that? It was actually a line in the, in the first episode when the father, Tresuevo's father says, uh, you know, tells him that he was born with the sign of the three, and it makes him very, very special. And Imus was playing Tresuevo's, of course, and the, Imus goes, you're nuts. And the father <laughs> said, no, no, no you're
0: nuts. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great Imus, by the way. I guess after working with him so long, it would be crazy if you didn't have No, 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 (laughs) no.
1: That's so
0: good. That's so good. But you're also, uh, for those who who want to be stand-up comedians, Uh, you're doing a uh, thing with them called the R.B. Studio.
1: Yeah, I decided that, uh, you know, and this came about during lockdown, you know, it was there's no no way to perform really anymore, and, and and no way of making money anymore. So I thought, why don't I pass on some of my my expertise and uh, do online, you know, Zoom coaching and in stand up and um, also acting. I I've been coaching uh, people. Um, with acting, with the, and and some of the musical theater people who um, have auditions and whatnot, and they they bring their song, and I work with them and, and teach them how to, you know, add some acting techniques to their song, you know, and I have them do the songs as monologues so that way they get a feel for what it would be like if it was actual dialogue, and yeah, and um, actually one of the one of the students, um, a young, a sixteen-year-old boy from Belfast. Um, Auditioned for a casting agent and and got it while he was still on the phone with her. You know, after wow, you know, he did he did like a live audition for her and she signed him immediately. So so, you know, it'll be like everything else. You know, he he'll get big and he'll he'll yeah. never write. Yeah. He'll never call. And that'll be the of- <laughs> right? You know,
0: like Opie and Anthony, you get them on the way up, and then you get them again on the way back down.
1: That's always been my philosophy in show business. You know, it's like, it's be nice to the people on the way up because you might get a chance to open for them on the way down. <laughs>
0: there you go. <laughs> well, if, whole... if someone wants to do this, how would they get in touch with you? you might as well oh. get all the plugs out of the way at the beginning, and then we can do
1: medicine. Uh, it's the the studio dot com or or robio at the rbstudio.com. dot okay. com. If you okay. want to uh, just shoot me an email, it's r o b i o at the Studio dot com. So. Awesome.
0: Yeah, good. Well, you know, it's, I am all, usually the one that when something happens, I'm the one that gets F. This is the first time that something catastrophic has happened. And I've actually been okay because, you know, the medical profession, we still had to work. Matter of fact, right. we were kind of, you know, uh, even if I didn't want to work, I would have been compelled to work because there mm-hmm. was a shortage there for a while. Things are calming down now. But, yeah, I cannot imagine... Owning a comedy club, um, a music hall, or yeah, a music venue or something like—can you? I mean, you can imagine. I can't imagine it because you know every single one of those sorts of businesses is somebody's dream. They had the dream to have a comedy club or a music venue and hang out with musicians or play or do all that stuff, and that's just the 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 kind of business that absolutely just has been shut down. Mm It's tragic.
1: Yes. I mean, I had done a, uh, a thing with uh, – was they were going for a, a Guinness Book of World Records. Uh, two, two comic friends of mine, Richie Byrne and Mark Riccadano, they do a, a, a podcast, a live a video podcast every every week on StreamYard. I don't know. StreamYard, I think. Anyway, um, and they tried to break a world – a Guinness World Record for the longest comedy podcast, and they actually did it for charity. They, you know, got people to donate, and they were on for, I don't know, 60 hours? Oh, hours. Oh. I'm sure
0: it was hilarious by hour 59.
1: <laughs> well, no, what, because it was this rotating bunch of comics. Oh, oh, oh. oh, oh I thought they oh, okay. did it all by themselves. Yes. 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 And so they would do material, and they would. And so I, I popped in a couple of times over the weekend, and, uh, you know, he had guys from, from England, you know, which was a very interesting perspective, whatever. And, oh. um, I realized that not just the the ability to perform was something that I missed, but the camaraderie. It's like, you know, you you miss your tribe. You know, I miss the just sitting around the table, you know. Just shitting on each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shooting the shit. And, and, you know, Voss was on. I was able to shit on him. And then he got me back. He hung (laughs) up on me. It was just great. You know, it was just it was really, really great. And I I realized how much I had missed that part of the business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I
0: can't imagine. And, um, you know, we uh, the, the one benefit for me has been that most of my meetings have either been canceled or gone all virtual. But that doesn't really work that way for this business. And I see, yeah, I don't know how Noam is keeping the doors open. I, I mean, uh, you know, Norm, I'm sure you know Noam, uh, Noam Dorman, the uh, owner of the Comedy Cellar and the mm-hmm. fat black pussycat and all that stuff. Oh, no how unless he just has this huge bankroll, how he's keeping that going. But, you know, it'd be tragedy if places like that just close down and don't come back. Because I hear in Manhattan, about 60 percent of the small businesses are gone and they're never coming back. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it's very, very true. I mean, uh, a lot of comedy clubs I know are trying to do virtual shows. Yeah. Um, How's that going? I you know, I one of my friends did it. Over the weekend and I'm I'm curious to find out. There was also another comic I knew who was doing actually it's Mark Riccadano, one of the guys from the podcast, was doing a theater in uh, in New Hope, Pennsylvania. Uh, and it's this theater that seated three hundred uh, and there are forty five people oh, in, in the house. And and it, you know, I was breaking his balls and telling him and it wasn't because, you know, it wasn't because of, right, <laughs> but, of that's, COVID. That's, COVID. It wasn't a draw in Pennsylvania. <laughs> <You> know, <so. laughs> Wow.
0: Well, that's really something. Well, um, do you are, – are you interested in doing some medical questions with us? Just hang out sure. and we'll just we'll, – we've got some random questions. We've got some. And I'm, uh, you are on the same line as the call thing, so I'll try to work that out so that you can okay. hear everything. Right. And then uh, – but you had a, an interesting sort of medical uh, question or perspective that you wanted us to talk about, if I remember yeah, correctly.
1: Um, I mean, I have this friend um, who <laughs> – that's uh, a, everybody
0: by the way everyone who calls in they're calling for a friend so you're in good you're in good company
1: for, uh, yeah, but this is actually for a friend um <laughs> okay. who's- I know it it always is it's <laughs> always for a friend I get it it's- <laughs> I, I I swear um I the, how to describe it the 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 penis is playing peekaboo it's 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 up inside the body and and it's even when it's not cold and it's difficult um to to pee sometimes because it's you know you got to kind of like yank it out you know it's yeah. you know i mean i got a pair of tweezers and i'm trying to cuz you mean you're I already have a problem, uh, you know. I'm, I'm not working with much to begin with. I'm I'm, I'm hung like a salmon. So, um, is that good? That I don't. Have you ever seen the penis on a salmon? I have not. Okay, so that, that's
0: that's my... that answered my own question, didn't it? Exactly. You know? And so you
1: know, and so it's it's like it's <clears> like <throat> it's up inside. It's like what why and 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 what do I do to uh, to fix this problem for your friend? You mean? For my friend,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, the the first question is: uh, Is your friend at his? I'm going to assume it's a it's a guy. Uh, I'm making an assumption, but is is your friend at his ideal body weight?
1: Um, I don't think so.
0: Okay, <laughs> okay. Because I'm sure you're not aware of this, but there's a thing called Dr. Steve's Rule. And Dr. Steve's Rule is that every 35 pounds of weight that you lose, you regain one inch of penis length. And there are some people that have a pubic fat pad that is... um, luscious enough that um, they actually start with negative penis length, you know, that the that the penis is, is retracted somewhat inside the fat pad. So with 35 pounds, let's just say it's an inch back, you lose mm-hmm. 35 pounds, now it'll be even. Now you're neutral. Then you lose another 35 and it'll be an inch out, and then another 35, yeah. another inch. Now there's a limit to this. That's only, that relationship's only linear for part of the curve, right? Because I mean, if you lose 350 pounds, that's no guarantee you're going to have 10 inches of penis length. But uh, but you'll get you'll optimize the closer you are to your ideal body weight. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is that there are some people that have a very profound and powerful cremaster reflex, and the cremaster reflex is the is the shrinkage, you know, the George Costanza. Shrinkage. It's the shrinkage, shrinkage. Um, that, uh, and and the, the the reason the body does that is for for one a couple of things is that you can't procreate if you don't have your testicles and your penis all functioning and, and intact, mm. so the body. Uh, Will gather them up during times of stress and particularly cold weather. And in some people, it just never lets go. You know, it just holds on to them and it takes uh, an act of Congress. To uh, relax the the junk enough so that you can see them from the outside, <laughs> and um, and it may actually be an evolutionary advantage for some people. You know, mm. if you were jumping over tiger cages for, a, for you a don't living, want anything an example, dangling right, below you know, while you're yeah. jumping in. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So um, uh, so in those folks, the cremaster reflex and uh, it the other th- function that it serves is to keep the testicles. At the proper temperature. So you can only make sperm when uh, the testicles are about three degrees below body temperature. Why? I don't know. That's a question. If I'm, When I'm sitting in front of our creator uh, and it's Q&A time, that'll be my first question. You know, well, mm-hmm. Why would you make it that way? But anyway, uh, so it has to be three degrees below body temperature. Well, the only way to do that is to drop it be- between the legs. And there are. Well, so yeah, go you
1: can also teabag it in, in, you know, like a cold drink. Yes. I mean, would help too, I would think. Well,
0: if you teabag a cold drink, now it's going to, well, that's true, but that uh, it will retract e- even more at that point uh, okay. because now it's got to raise the body temperature. Gotcha. So when it's retracting, it's trying to raise. When they're drooping, it's trying to lower the temperature. Okay. Now, you'll have some people that will get varicose veins of the scrotum and that's called a varicocele and when you those people when you reach down there to examine your testicles instead of feeling testicles you'll feel what feels like a bag of worms and that that bag of worms actually enlarged dilated veins or aka varicose veins just like in your legs um and those are no longer able to be heat sinks to draw heat away from the testicles and when that happens the testicles attain they'll keep drooping farther and farther in an attempt to lower the temperature but they can't do it and those people will become infertile because the uh the testicles then attain body temperature and they can't escape it anymore so you know there's all kinds of interesting problems to do with our testicles but uh in your friends uh in your friend's situation, I, the first thing I would do is have them attain their ideal body weight, and then we'll see what what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Because they may have a good, nice, meaty six inches, and it's just buried in that pubic fat pad, and until they mm-hmm. lose weight all over, it's hard to lose mm-hmm. weight in one part of your body. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha.
1: It, um, I can't believe when I was looking up, what am I going to ask him? What am I going to ask him? <laughs> no, that was a good one. Strange, strange penis conditions. Well, well
0: <laughs> and you remember uh, Sam Roberts, uh, the yeah, young sure. man who's now on the morning show on Sirius XM uh, Channel One Hundred and Three, uh, and he had, and I'm not talking out of school because he talked about this a bunch, uh, a thing called phimosis, and that's where he had normal, you know, meaty. You know flaccid penis but the foreskin was so narrow that when he urinated it would balloon up and then he would it would just dribble out the out the end and in a situation like that that's not tenable and you can't he couldn't retract it to clean it he couldn't retract it to have an erection just a mess So so
1: basically what you're saying is sam was not jewish
0: that is correct that is correct okay. at least not observant and uh, but but he uh, he uh did have an adult circumcision though he said it was the mm. most painful oh. thing that he's ever experienced oh. i don't oh. think sam's had a lot of pain in his life anyway but i think when they take your foreskin off as an adult it sucks
1: well i i there's one more thing i oh. think that's a little bit more painful i i you know, I had read somewhere where, if, if, as a form of birth control, and this speaks to what you were saying about the the temperature of the of the scrotum. Yep. Uh, when I used to put my my dick in a microwave to to heat it up, exactly. Um, it, that was pretty painful. Exactly the you know? same thing. But, <laughs> you know, what the fuck? my wife didn't get pregnant, so it was, yeah. it was you know it worked for me. Fair um, enough. And you. But just... you know the problem. The problem is it's it, you know it, it it gets hot, it gets bubbly, it doesn't get crisp though. You can't get it crisp <laughs> no. in the microwave, and I, I blame I blame the school systems.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, Fair enough. I think the school systems are partly to blame for that. Um, you, have to have, you have to have that little silver thing under it to get it right. to crisp up. And Gosh, even then I... it will only just be the bottom. Maybe you should try an air fryer. That, there you go. That might, might do it. Much better idea. You don't want to no oil I'm burn. Gonna, I'm going to have to give Dr. Scott one of these. Yeah. Give yourself a bill. All right. I, I think you're it. absolutely right.
1: I thought uh, I had a choice between that um, and and uh, the Peyronie disease. I thought those would be the two interesting things that I could bring to the table that you know might might be funny. And, and I think I chose the right one. That I was think, good. I think you did. Peyronie's I, is a I, good I one to talk everyone about. To, if you want to come on the Dr. Steve Show and you need something to talk about, I, I suggest you Google strange um, strange penis conditions and yep. see. Well, Steve.
0: When I go on someone else's show, if they invite me, on, <laughs> I, I have really nothing to offer. I mean, I'm not funny. I'm not glib. I'm just terrible. But I know what's will make them puke. And so I'll have them Google image. I did this on uh, on uh, Chip Chipperson's show. Mm-hmm. And it was just going nowhere. I said, here, Google image this. And I gave them a couple of things to Google image. One of them is a thing called oral myiasis. And um, I would advise everyone listening to this right now to not, not go- do don't Google image that, uh, but it will always get people puking. Basically, what it is is it's you know maggots growing in people's bad dental uh, care. And uh, the pictures are absolutely horrific. and uh it works for me because they you know, if people are puking because I had them look at a picture, it's funny. <laughs> but I don't have to be funny that way. It's the material is funny. But anyway, but no, that was actually... And we should talk about Peroni's disease. It's been a while since we've discussed it on
1: the mm-hmm, show. Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't heard about anything about it since Bill Clinton. I mean, that was really... He was the most famous guy I know. And That's right. That was how what? they... Nope. How would you describe it? Like, what what exactly is it? I mean, it's a curvature, right? But-
0: it is, but it's, a, I mean, most people have some curvature. There are very few penises that are perfectly straight, although I, you know, in yeah, yeah. seeing some porn, I've seen a few of them. But most <laughs> people's uh, penis will, when erect, will curve to one side or the other slightly. Mm-hmm. And uh, Peroni's penis, however, is something different. Um, that's it generally happens because of scar tissue on the semi-elastic sheath. Around this the shaft of the penis. So, mm-hmm. if if that sheath was perfectly elastic, when you filled the the penile cavern, you know the caverns up with blood, you would just get a balloon, right? You get a spherical mass that would be just squishy, and that wouldn't be very much fun to have sex with. So, uh, the penile sh- shaft sheath is elastic in sort of the axial direction a little bit in the girth direction but then it attains a, a a stretch that it can't go beyond that and then the more blood you pump in there the harder it gets until you can't scratch it with a with a you know a cat can't scratch it that's the way we would say it in tennessee yep and um uh so but so but that sheath is semi elastic if you get a some scar tissue in that sheath where it is now no longer elastic, what's going to happen? It'll, it'll enlarge everywhere except there, and so it will bend in the direction of the scar tissue. Now, how do you get scar tissue in your sheath? That was you, my next question. I will tell you how, my friend. You're a little bit drunk, and your partner who, you know, uh, your partner of your choice is on top of you so that you don't have control of the thrusting and you're laying there sort of passively and this person is thrusting and then your penis is not fully erect, so it's a little bit malleable and then they thrust down with the penis a little, maybe it's not well lubed or it's half in and half out and it bends, bends your erect member. And when that happens, you can get a fracture, not always a fracture is horrendous and you'll have intense pain at that area with swelling as the blood starts to pool around there and uh it it's an extremely painful and big giant sort of you know, uh, hematoma penis, and
2: is an emergency
0: in most. And cases. that is an that's a medical emergency. Don't yeah. be embarrassed. People and people will admire you for you know actually having uh, you know an injury happen during intercourse. So if you're worried about being embarrassed or humiliated at the emergency room, don't mm-hmm. definitely go. But uh, and if you get that, you will always get scarring in that area. But not always, though. Sometimes it'll just bend, and you'll think it's no big deal. And then the trauma from the folding in half of the penis over time will set in some scar tissue or fibrotic tissue in that where that crease was. And mm-hmm. so in those people, they won't even know. And then one, they'll just notice a month later, gosh, you know, every time I have an erection, it's painful, and it's bending, you know, 90 degrees or, or 120 degrees to the right or the left and it used to be we didn't have a good treatment for that they would give people these um turnbuckle things where you have a uh um a sheath that goes around the base of the penis and one that goes around the roman war helmet and then you'd have turnbuckles mm-hmm. on there and you would turn them a little bit more every day you had to walk around with this contraption on your cock and mm-hmm. it would in an attempt to stretch it back out again that's one thing that you could do and if you can catch it early Uh, After a fracture, sometimes you can get it to heal straight that way. Uh, But the other, see,
1: fractured penis. I never knew that you could fracture a penis. Yeah, and fracture is kind of a conversation starter. I mean, good at parties. (laughs) You know, want to sign my cast? I mean,
0: (laughs) (laughs) well, you know, fracture is kind of a. It's a misnomer. It's not really fractured. It's It's more ruptured. But because there's no bone there, we're not. There are some animals that have bones in their penis, but humans. Thankfully, you're not one of those.
1: So boners misnomer.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly right. Right. It's it's bone like and or bonoid or what would it be? What won't be. esque Yeah. Bonask. Thank you. That's the word I was going for. I give, give away, yourself so. a bill. You probably can't hear that. That's Opie saying give yourself, that. bell. give yourself a bill. Give yourself a bill. So uh, so those anyway. Um, We do have treatments now, though. And the treatment is uh, a couple of things. There, There are some drugs that you can use. One of them is a calcium channel blocker called verapamil. But the one I'm really interested in is collagenase. And what that is is it's an enzyme that will break down scar tissue. So you go to a urologist, they find the scar, they inject it with this stuff, and then you can use the turnbuckler, you can just use some stretching techniques. Or a
2: fancy cast. Or or yeah. a, like yeah, a fancy cast. That's a good cast. idea, I like that.
0: And, uh, and they'll dissolve that scar and they can even it out. Mm-hmm. Now, a little bit of curvature is actually a pretty good thing. Yes. And here's why. It gives you the illusion of girth. So if you're a mm-hmm. needle dick... Mm-hmm. But you have a penis that curves to the right or the left when you first let's assume that you're putting it in a vagina. It could be any orifice of your choice, but we'll just for the purposes of this discussion, we'll say vagina. And so when when you insert it, you're going to be let's say it's curved to the to the left that mm-hmm. or to the, it doesn't matter. curved to the left. Um, you'll be putting some pressure on the left Uh, Vaginal wall Mm -hmm. Then as you continue to insert Now that middle curve is going to start Putting some pressure on the right vaginal wall right and then when you get all the way in it's going to be curving back and you're going to get some more pressure on the left vaginal wall and it to the b- brain in that's attached to that orifice it's going to it's going to give it the illusion that you've got a much girthier penis in there right mm-hmm.
1: see the ideal situation i would guess would be that if it curved upwards then you have the the G spot stimulator already built in
0: And I would give you another uh, Opie drop, but it just seems like it would, you know, it's going to be start sounding redundant (laughs) if I keep doing that. That's exactly right. You're a genius, sir. That's That's why
1: I love your show is because you can learn things.
0: (laughs) That's right. See, these are all important things. I remember Bill Burr uh, uh, making fun of us when we did um, uh, a bit where I had one of my friends come up and taste urine to see if he could tell who was diabetic. (laughs) And it was it was a great bit, but it was pretty sophomoric. But, uh, and that's, by the way, why doctors have invented dip, urine dipsticks, mm-hmm. or at least requested that they be invented yep. so we didn't have to taste urine so. anymore. But uh, it was a very successful experiment. But Bill Burr said, you know, we're going to be at a party tonight. And we're going to be telling people, oh, well, did you know diabetes means siphon in Greek? You know, so you do <laughs> learn some things. Hey, I've got uh, –
2: <laughs> Hey, can I, can, can I throw this in there? Of course. If we're talking about painful penises – I would like to talk to somebody that had an adult um, Circum- surgery, yeah. circumcision, right? Well, we know we have a friend. Well, I know, but but oh, okay. and compare that to someone that's also had a, a cyst- cystoscopy, which is worse, oh, which we've it's, had, right? Which you and I both
0: had. What would be worse? Okay, so uh, Lord have mercy. So, Doctor Rob, we, uh, oh. Doctor Scott, oh. and I both had cystoscopies where they take a fiber optic scope and stick it up the. Uh, Urethral meatus, aka the cock hole, and uh, and they look around in there, and these oh. these jackasses. And for the urologists out there, you know who you are. They <laughs> they take this little fiber optic scope, and it's it's not little. It's well, it, when it's going up your penis, it seems much larger than it is, but it's still pretty small. But they'll 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 take um, uh, numbing gel and they'll put it on this thing. And they say, oh, you know, we're going to you know, give you a little numbing gel. That's for them. That's to make them feel better. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make us feel any better. As matter of fact, yeah. I think it makes it worse because it made it burn that it much g- worse on it the gives way you in. the
2: illusion it's going to help, and it does not. And
0: then you feel like you're pissing razor blades, even though you're not actually urinating at the mm. time. Now, I don't want to scare anybody away from having no, this. It's a good it, test. Having the good test time. done and even as uncomfortable as it is, is still better than the things that they're looking for. Yes. So you know, we're being funny, but yes. you know, don't don't not do it just because we're we're saying it sucked, but it did suck. Oh, horrible. But uh we had a friend, uh Jefferson the Shyster, he's a lawyer that used to do legal stuff on the show and also just make horrendous jokes. Um and uh uh he had an adult circumcision and the method that they used didn't hurt him at all. He pay he played softball the next day. Yep.
2: Hell no. So
0: they are getting better at that, and okay. it, yeah. So anyway, phew. Oh man, enough with the penises. That's what I'm talking about.
1: Enough with the penises. I guarantee you, this will be one of the highest rated shows you've done. <laughs> of you can't live it with the dick. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, you're absolutely right. Let's. Um, you want you want to take some phone calls. Yeah. All right. Let's Let's uh, let's see what we got here. Oh, hey, we got one for Dr. Scott. Let's let him. I'm going to pot you up just a little bit so you can hear this, uh, Chairman Rob, and then we'll go from there. Let's see. Uh-oh. There it is.
1: Hi, Tasey. Can I talk to the guy sitting beside you, namely Dr. Scott?
0: Oh, oh anyway, that's funny. Got a question for Scott. Did Stop. you get it? He said, hey, Tase, uh, can I talk to the guy sitting next to you? They all think you're talking about me. But they are talk about you, Dr. Scott. <laughs> That's Stacy Deloach, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Give him one of these. Okay, all right, enough of that. Okay, here you go. That's my one voice that I can do,
1: uh, Rob, is the
0: redneck asshole.
1: Cup therapy. <laughs> I saw a YouTube video about that, and I remember Michael Phelps one
2: time. There
1: was a big question about all these dots on his back, and it was about
0: cup therapy.
1: Does that actually work as a Chinese Medical treatment
0: or any kind of medical treatment. So, what's the answer, Doctor Scott? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, s-
2: next question. Yes, next, please. No, it it, it it can work really well when done properly.
0: Well, tell us about yep. this because it looked Michael Phelps gets in the water and he's got these bruises. circular, you know, marks on him. Yep. I don't know are they bruises? They're bruises. That's exactly what they are. So tell us the tell us the procedure what you actually do and then tell us why you do it sure. and then try to make up a reason why it might actually work
2: <laughs> well, hey adult school the way i was trained we we took these glass balls which was what michael phelps had and these are these oh. glass gloves you put a little one drop of alcohol in there and you, and you light it and it creates a flame that's right and so it's a little teen explosion it creates a vacuum and you put this on these sore spots right and, and, okay, uh, so you're burning
0: off the oxygen, burn, right, and it leaves vacuum. when you throw it on there. It le- and it's heating up, too, so as it cools down, the air will contract. Right. and that pulls the skin. In there, and it pulls the skin up into the cup.
2: Yep, pulls the skin up into the cup. And um, that's one that's— one That seems
0: incredibly dangerous.
2: It is. I don't do that. I don't do it. It's, it's just too easy. And if it slips and falls off, then that glass cup falls into your floor, and you have glass every damn where. Yeah. Um, and fire. And fire. Well, and, and here's the thing, too, Steve. If you miss the first time— Oh, that didn't stick, you know, so you put another drop of alcohol in there and you light it again. Well, the glass starts getting really hot. I don't do it like that. So how do you it's, do it? I, I, we have these old plastic these little plastic suction cups. You suction them up there, and then you can control the amount of pressure you're putting on the skin.
0: Okay, wait a minute. So you got a cup, and it's got some sort of a- A little suction device on top. Yep. Okay. With, and it's
2: got a little trigger. It's a trigger mechanism.
0: So each cup has its own suction thing, or you've got a suction thing that
2: you attach yeah, to Yeah, a suction cup that you attach to it. So okay. you, let's say I've got 20 cups, yep. and you just go one- Suck, suck, and you pull it up until the person's comfortable until you've reached a, what you would call a therapeutic uh, well, a, a pull. Okay, that's
0: a, that's which a, which is word. a
2: relative term. I know that, but um, <clears throat> I do moving cupping. I put coconut oil on the skin. Mm-hmm. So, like if, let's say if, um, um, let's say if our body Rob comes in with a muscle spasm in his back, I put some coconut oil, rub it in, make sure the music is playing. <laughs> and I put the, pull those cups. Put a cup on him and pull it just tight enough yep. so I could slide the cup up and down.
0: I don't Now bruise. that I could see yeah. we've talked about this before. Yeah. To loosen up the fascia and the skin, layers great. of uh tissue. I can see that nope. because how else would you yep. lift it? You can't, you can't get underneath it and somehow lift it up. Nope. And there's no way that you can lift skin up. Nope. But it's you the, can with that. Now, that the makes perfect, sense to It's me.
2: a perfect balance to a massage. I love a massage because the massage is pushing, kneading, mashing, and cupping is the exact opposite. It's sucking, pulling. It's pulling the pressure off the bone. So, you know, if we've got somebody with a back pain, and you can feel it's right on a rib, you can just pull the, the muscle and you know, the fascia and skin out there. It takes the pressure off the nerve. It works extremely well.
0: Now, see, that makes sense to me. Yeah. What extremely they're real. saying, and I, I know Rob saw the same thing, mm-hmm. is these circular things mm-hmm. All over, and they're and they're saying, well, they're bringing blood up there, and somehow that's anti-inflammatory. It, to a certain degree, it's, it's more it's more of a noxious stimulant.
2: But you know, something else I use for cupping for is a, is for a rash or urticaria. I'll actually put a little teeny needle right in the center of of, of, of a rash, mm-hmm. put a cup, and pull the heat out of it. It works extremely well. Now, I know you're going to poo poo <laughs> that, but it works extremely well. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, does it really hey, it does yeah but okay. you know I don't, I don't i don't like putting these huge bruises on people they it takes a while to go away and you have to make them feel know. like they Makes did them. something yeah
1: so, so I, have, I have a question dr scott sure. if so if you have a, a pain in your neck mm-hmm. getting a hickey would be therapeutic
2: that's a hundred percent correct yes there you go and and if i can't do it with a cup i'll do it myself
1: so now guys you have an excuse
0: that's right you come and the home, your
1: wife says, What is that? You just said I had some It'll cup hicky. therapy for my neck. Hickey
0: therapy. <laughs> <laughs> do people still do hickeys? I mean Oh, uh, I don't know. I hadn't had one in a while. I never did one. You have to intentionally do <laughs> have a hickey. To a, right. And so you're doing that just to basically make your mark on somebody.
2: Yeah, I don't think <laughs> I've ever I don't think I've know?
0: ever given a hickey to anybody. First, no. Except for a cup, no, that's weird. Yeah, you know, you're like this is my property. Yep. this is this person. You know, but they're things yep. all over their neck. Hey, hey,
2: hey, Rob. I had a guy years ago that had a had a boil on his head, and I I took a little um and lanced it with a little scalpel and then put this that cup and sucked the pus out of it.
0: Mm. Perfect. Really? Like right yeah. yeah. Well, that makes blood sense. and pus everywhere. That sounds like a medical procedure that you might that might be beyond the scope of your license. Nope, nope, no, no, nope, nope, nope. You can take a scalpel and you can lance. Mm-hmm. You should those bleeding needles. See, I do bleeding really? therapy.
2: Yeah, Yeah. big old. I mean, they're like eight, they're like eighteen gauge needles. Yep. Oh, big.
1: basically, you're going back to the age of of leeches. Yeah. <laughs>
2: right on. Hey, I, we did a bleeding therapy on this guy today. For sure what? For stress.
0: Okay, now we're gonna. So have to you're also
1: a barber, is what you're saying? You're yeah, <laughs> yes, bolder. that's exactly right, right. Right,
0: that's where the red and white uh, barber pole came from. You know, they used they would take the blood soaked gauze and they would hang it Wrap outside it on, yep. A, yep. on a on uh, a on a pole. Yep, 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 and that's where you knew where the barber was, and then when they quit, Give actually. Yourself a <laughs> <laughs> Give yourself a bill. There you go. So we gotta. Okay, listen, I've never heard you talking about bleeding. Oh therapy. yeah. Now this is a new, new level of of malarkey.
2: Watch it now. All hey, right. There's there's a five hundred years of research on this. Okay.
0: I'll tell tell us find some about research. It. I'll find some. No, it's okay. Let's talk about. Well, I don't have the research today. Okay. But I can find it. That's like uh, Tommy I, Flanagan. I can speak Russian when i'm in the mood <laughs> check out dr scott's website at simplyherbs.net .simplyherbs.net also it's kind of spelled like simplyherballs.net so you can remember it um, yeah i give rob i give scott a hard time but um actually he and i were partners in uh in medicine a long time ago and uh that's how we first met and started working together and when I when Western medicine failed, one of my patients where I'd done you know I'd done A I've done B I've done C I've done all these things I ruled out things that were going to kill him they still felt like crap I'd send them to Scott and he'd feel all these pulses that we don't understand and uh, he could make a diagnosis that didn't make sense to us but it, the patients got a name for what was wrong with them and hundred percent of them felt better.
1: Mm-hmm. Is, it's, it's Just because to show you something that's 5,000 years old is there for a reason. That's
0: right. Oh, yep. yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm and and there really is for and I, I give him a hard time about some of this stuff, but oh, the sure. acupuncture that he does. There's really good data on yes. that for a lot of different things. Now, if Scott was saying, "Hey, I can cure cancer oh, by putting hell. a needle in your in your third knuckle," then I <laughs> would be, oh, um, no. you know, we would have a problem. Yes. but uh, he's the perfect example of a complementary uh, medicine uh, uh, type practitioner because we complement each other. You know, yeah, what working I, together. What I'm no good at, he's really good at, and vice versa. Oh, so, yeah. yeah so, you
1: know. what would be the Chinese medicine? Um, solution for erectile dysfunction
0: oh excellent question it is a good question because there is there are a couple of them and scott doesn't mess with those mm-hmm. but talk about talk about the ones that you do mess with we have a, a couple herbal <laughs> formulas i know where you're going with that <laughs> yeah with
2: uh, but there are there are some that, that have astragalus and ginseng and things of that nature that will stimulate the um the energy um hand beam roots been proven to help with okay. with with um,
0: erectile function yeah Back before Viagra came out, that's what we used. Mm-hmm. You know, we used uh, um, uh, um, oh gosh, what's the injectable one? Uh, 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 Spanish uh, fly? Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Spanish fly just makes you have an itchy ur- urinary tract. Oh yeah. So like, somehow that's yeah. supposed to dot um, uh, uh, Alprostadil. Alprostadil. Alprostadil is an injection. Oh, yeah, we used to inject that, and it's a vasodilator. And then uh, we would use Yohimbe. That was all we had.
2: Yep. Rob, I'll tell you, and depending, on the, depending on the case, we have a couple different formulas for whatever the person's reason may be. But it, and, and Dr. Steve will tell you this, too. A lot of times, the dysfunction is a psychological thing. So sometimes mm. I'll give somebody some uh, some herbal medicines, just call them down, and
0: then tell them to go to do their thing, and it works out pretty yeah, well. Performance yeah, anxiety. Per- performance anxiety. Performance anxiety. And uh, I've had that as well that some people just needed to have the Viagra in their back pocket, yep. knowing that it was there, they would be able to perform. Because oh, it, see,
1: I thought that was how you used it. You just put it in your back pocket. Yeah, I to using it wrong all these years.
0: No, it's not wrong. It actually, for it there's a subset of people, it works just
2: great. It works. You know, uh, that placebo is a tough a good pill to take sometimes
0: the placebo is
1: a, a great drug yep, yep. Cool. <laughs>
0: the placebo is so important that we have to subtract it from every single drug trial that we do you know that's mm-hmm. the thing okay. so it's uh it's and uh, we have pr- practitioners that do th- certain things and without saying any without i don't want to piss anybody off but there are some therapeutics where you don't even touch the patient you just Mm. wave your hands over right right? Right. and they'll say oh we manipulate bioenergy fields and we do this and we do that it's like Mm. seriously Mm. but um but they don't want to say that they are uh, uh manipulating the placebo effect right Because somehow that's less important. My argument is the placebo effect is so important that every single study that we've ever done that's worth anything subtracts out the placebo effect because we know how important it is. So for those people that do procedures that rely on the placebo effect but they don't want to call it that, I I came up with a – and I actually published an article about this – uh, a, a substitute term called the cryptogenic therapeutic effect mm-hmm. means the same thing. Cryptogenic just means I mean, we don't know. Sounds pretty funny. But therapeutic means it actually is doing something so that people can say, yes, well, instead of making up some bioenergy field that no one's ever detected, just right. say, you know, my technique uses the cryptogenic therapeutic effect. It sounds fancy. It sounds scientific. And it's more true. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Brilliant. Brilliant there you better. go. Thank you, sir. That's why I told you that. So that you would <laughs> give me that compliment. All right, let's take another call. Um
1: hey, guy, another question for you. Same guy to the news, and they're talking about I know you're a dog lover, about using canines for detecting coronavirus in people's sweat. Mm-hmm. And then another one that they've been training up for detecting the virus where they need to do massive cleaning at. I wonder if you could explore that. Bye.
0: That's fascinating. That's pretty cool. Dogs are amazing. You know, uh, the olfactory sense is the first one wired to the brain. So in humans, the... Um, sorry, i got to get rid of this sound. There we go. In humans, our um, olfactory nerves are pretty short. It's mm. just enough for us to smell that there's shit in our food. Right That's basically what it's there for. Right. And protection, uh, right. So yeah, so we don't eat something rotten. Right. And it uh, contributes to taste as well. If you ever try yes. to eat something while you're holding your nose, you know about that. Dogs, you see their snout for the most part. Um, you know a, a normal dog snout is six to eight inches long, and it 's all filled with with olfactory nerve cells up in the top hmm. and uh, They can um, detect uh, uh, orders of magnitude uh, better chemicals uh, chemical sense better than we can. Hmm and uh, so this is very interesting. I haven't seen this research, and that's something you might look yeah, up dr sure, scott will. while we're while we're talking about it. but um, animals have all kinds of interesting properties. I don't know, Rob, if you've heard uh about the cats in nursing homes, they'll have these cats in these nursing homes, and they'll go visit these people and just hang out in their room and then a week later, the people die and the hypothesis is somehow the cats are can tell that they've got something that other people aren't aware of and uh so uh you know it doesn't surprise me that dogs can can smell marijuana that's been double triple wrapped in someone's uh in someone's car how in the hell they do that that there might be some interesting scent that the virus makes in people's sweat some Byproduct of breaking down the virus that they can smell. Did you find something, Scott? I just, just out of but I'm trying to see if
1: it's a good. Well, anyway. I, I heard that there are some dogs that can smell if a person has cancer or not. I've heard this as well. And again, uh,
0: you know, just subtle changes in our metabolism may be uh, uh, something that a dog or you then take that and turn it into a technology. You know, we have sniffing machines, things that can smell. Uh, sense, but none of them are as um, as subtle or robust as as biological uh, odor sensors. What would you find, Scott?
2: Evidently, all across the world, there are dog trainers that are training um, dogs to, uh, to to smell COVID.
0: So, okay, they're training dogs, but are they having any success with it? What's going on? Yeah.
2: So, according according to what I'm reading here, it looks like dogs have somewhere in the neighborhood of 300 million um sensors in their nose compared to 6 million for humans. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, so, so Stevie, I'm just kind of scanning this real quick. But so it is. It's um, an order of magnitude times 5. Yeah. It's
2: it's more is profound. Yep. So real quick, what what they're saying here is they, they actually did a, a a small study um it, it was in uh Beirut. 1680 patients or not patients, sorry, passengers in an airport. Okay. Um they had two dogs. That there were their top that they kind of identified as their top their top dogs. They um, identified out of the sixteen hundred eighty people going through this airport mm-hmm. in, in an hour, a mm-hmm. mm-hmm. hundred and fifty eight COVID cases that were confirmed later by a PCR test. One hundred percent. 90. Uh, the animals correctly identified negative results with 100% accuracy and correctly detected 92% of all positive Holy cases. Holy crap. That's, and that's Ow. in an airport now, which, and yeah, think and the about people the benefit, just coming yeah, in and out. Think it's about busy. the benefit of that and not having to do a. Uh, like uh, one of my one of our friends, she's flying to see her mother overseas tomorrow, mm-hmm. and she had to have a a, um, a, a, a a test today so that she can fly overseas tomorrow. Yeah. But just think, if you could get these dogs trained, be able to take them to the train stations or bus stations, airports, you know, so people can
0: get to see their families overseas or or, or and some other some that's other, amazing. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I wonder if they were detecting. If those patients were also febrile, because I would want to know right. how many of those actually had fevers, because I could see a dog being able to pick somebody out with a fever. And yeah. right now, if people, if you have a fever and you're walking around, you probably have COVID-19. Right. So um, now, if like 50% of them had elevated temperatures, but they still detected 92% right. of... You know, or ninety-two percent accuracy—that's amazing. Well, and, and I can compare it to the way
2: the dogs will, will sniff seizures prior to someone having a seizure. Yeah, I wonder about that. If so you get well,
0: yeah. I know yeah. it, there there could be subtle things things yeah. that well, are yeah. happening in the body just before some certain people have a seizure, or just electrical discharges where they're getting a little bit of what we would call fasciculation, where the muscles are starting to just vibrate right. a little bit before the whole thing happens sort of like a the opposite of an aftershock and an earthquake may, may i say this real quick yeah of what course. they're
2: saying and i just read this too there the way they trained these dogs was they actually took them to a hospital and they had samples of positive patients who had who had had the nasal swabs yeah and uh, that's how they trained these 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 dogs to in that wow that's cool that's cool
0: all right uh, cool stuff well rob what, do you have a dog yeah two actually what can they do
1: um. And besides annoy me <laughs> right. Right. bark um, Hump. they can lick themselves which is something I think is you know worth being a dog just for that you know how um, long I tried to do that when I was 12 and 13 I to... still every once in a while when I'm, I'm watching TV get the urge just to see if I can mm. You know, yep. just because I think it's a great it's a good party trick the answer is <laughs> always
0: the same but it would be amazing if you could it would yeah. change everything
1: <laughs> Why would you ever pursue,
0: a, you know, a sex partner, though, if you could blow yourself? Um, I mean, you wouldn't.
1: No, agreed. <laughs> Be stupid. <I> mean, <laughs> you speak the truth. <laughs> well, you listen. Know. Oh, my God. Like Woody Allen's quote about masturbation. It's sex with somebody I love. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, but I've learned, you know, if you use your other hand, it feels like somebody else is doing it. So That's right. That's Kind of is the thing. Hey, Rob, or if you'll sit on your hand for
2: long enough and it goes numb and then you do it, then it does. It definitely feels like somebody else doing it. Yes, I like that Uh, Yeah. I like that. Uh, Allegedly.
0: My friend. friend, Allegedly, right. We We have talked on this show several times about people who have premature ejaculation. And one of the techniques to uh, fix that is to practice edging. Basically it's edging you you masturbate yourself up to the point where you're going to uh uh you know cross the, the you know Special. the the event horizon where right. there's no return. <laughs> and, uh, and but you get up to that point and then you back off, which is hard to do, but it's a good technique to learn how to do. And then I teach them to get a uh, like a flashlight or one of those just gel masturbator things, but don't Jack it up and down, put it on a table that's about waist high, and then just actually have intercourse with it, you know, where you're standing there and inserting and then thrusting and then practicing that way. And then that more closely uh, simulates actual intercourse than if you're just, you know, jacking that thing up and down. So. Um, I don't know why I got off on that tangent. It's still fascinating to me, but uh, and nothing to do with what we're talking about. But it's um tip uh, Uh-oh. Oh, we had one of those Skype moments. Sorry, I missed that whole line. Sorry. It's a tip I'm going to take with me, I'll tell you that. There you go. Very good. Yeah, I heard Jim Norton talking about it on his show one day. He said, yeah, I heard of Dr. Course. Steve say if you take the uh, – the fleshlight and put it on a table and actually have sex with it, it's better. I'm going to try that tonight. I was like, wow, somebody actually listens to this shit.
1: How do you fasten it to the table, though? Well, you just hold it down
0: or just wrap it in a towel and just put your hand over it or something. something. Uh I I mean, I don't know. I'm guessing that's how you would do it. Wink, wink.
1: Well, you know, as long as you buy a dinner afterwards.
0: (laughs) That's the great thing. You just put it under the faucet and throw it up above the uh, medicine cabinet and forget about it until next time. It's greatest thing in the world hey uh, Rob thank you for being here it was a delight
1: my pleasure man this was just so much fun it's I... always great to see you and great to
0: listen to you And likewise man and we need to do this again but we need to uh, plug your stuff and I'm on the wrong script now so it's, it's uh, the Rob Bartlett radio comedy hour right is it .com or they just search for that
1: just search for that. It's, okay. it's, a, it's a podcast. It okay. also is a, a channel on YouTube. I have oh. some video stuff up there as well.
0: Wherever you get your podcasts, you can find right. it. And also, if you're interested in being coached by a true coach <laughs> in show business... Uh, check him out at the, okay, RB,
1: tell me the, sorry. The RB Studio, the It's If you want to, you know, be a stand-up comic or if you want to be an actor or you are an actor and you need, or you are a stand-up comic and just need some advice and help and coaching, and I do um, audition prep is, is the, the thrust of, yeah. of what I, which is, uh, and it's very, it's uh, it seems to be helpful, and uh, I really love doing it. So. That's the big thing, right, is getting through the
0: audition. Yeah. Because once you're hired, they're going to – it's like getting into medical school. Once once they accept you, you're pretty much going to make it in, in that yeah. particular job. Yeah, and you
1: just want to show them what you can do, you yeah. know, and – I think the mistake that a lot of people make in auditions, and you know, I've been auditioning for forty-some odd years, I still make the same mistakes. It's just you know, we we fear these things, we get all kinds of anxiety and and get so nervous about them, and then you learn that they're really performances. So you just have to prep yeah. as
0: yeah.
1: though it was an actual performance, you yeah. know, and, and it's just doing research and 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 doing the work. People you
0: know? fear rejection, so then they end up either not going or right. they do worse than they would have if they just weren't worried about it. Hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Can you teach Jim Norton what to do with his hands when he's acting? Because, you know, that's his number one compulsion. That's that's
1: Know what to do with his hands. He really doesn't. It's really, it's so funny to watch. You know, um, he'll find something. And what he'll do is he'll find something that he'll use every time he acts, then too. Yeah, right, so right, right, His little signatures. So, oh, yeah, that's the guy who has his hands in his pockets. You know, <laughs>
0: or Johnny Carson with the uh, pencil or the cigarette. And, right, or, right. Uh, exactly. Letterman right. with the pencil thrown around. Right. Well, anyway, so uh, it's therbstudio.com. Check him out. Yes, sir. Um, one of the greatest people in the world is Rob Bartlett, and I bet you don't even know because I know you don't listen to. If you do listen to our show, you don't listen all the way to the end. We um, give you a shout out at the end of every single show. No. Yep, and I'm going to uh, we'll we'll do that right now. We're going to take off, Dr. Scott. You got anything else? No. Hey, thanks so much, Rob. Thanks. Always go to Dr. Scott. Guys, the great Rob Bartlett. We can't forget Rob Sprance, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Teft. That Gould Girl, Lewis Johnson, Paul Charsky, Chowdy 1008, Eric Nagel, the Pork Charlotte horror Rob. Uh, we we send a, a shout-out to her every every time. Uh, Roland Campos, Sister of Chris, Sam Roberts, She Who Owns Pigs and Snakes, Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Matt Kleinschmidt, Dale Dudley, Holly from the Gulf, the Great Rob Bartlett. That's where yours goes. There you go. (laughs) Yep, there you go. Casey's wet T-shirt, Carl's deviated septum, Patty's C-cups, Bernie and Sid. How about that? Are you still friends with them, or do we like Bernie and Sid?
1: I haven't, I haven't spoken
0: to them in quite some time. Okay, they had me on their show. And uh, matter of fact, the drop at the beginning of this show is from Bernie and Sid. I'll play it again. Hang on. If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was, was a bit of, a, you know, a, a clown. Does that give you... Uh, Spilkus,
1: hearing that voice again. <laughs> uh, I'm just, uh, uh, just curious why I'm behind Roland Campos and Dennis Falcone. <laughs> But perhaps I should be happy that I'm at least on my head of Casey's wet t-shirt. <laughs> there you go.
0: Casey's wet t-shirt is quite awesome, by the way. Um, but Martha from Arkansas's daughter, Ron Bennington, and Fez Watley, whose support of this show has never gone unappreciated. Listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM. Channel 103, Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, On Demand, and other times at Jim McClure's Pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. And go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules and podcasts and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps. Quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Yay.